but it was just really fun. I don't know, like you were in these little tunnels and um, like you couldn't see anything, so you couldn't read your map when you were yeah. in the tunnels, which I think where I came a little bit unstuck, sort of further round the course, where I kind of hadn't planned ahead, and then you suddenly you pop out and there's the control. So welcome to this episode of The Running Podcast. It is our world champs wrap up uh, and I'm delighted to say we've got Megan Carter-Davis and Alice Leake uh, here to chat for the whole episode because uh, after their fantastic performances over in the Czech Republic, uh, Alice with fourth place in the sprints, Megan with a sixth place um, in the long distance, and you know, and a whole whole host of other um, performances as well, which we will get to and, and kind of reflect on uh, the what the GB team got up to. But first of all, Megan, Alice, huge congrats on your results. Um, can you remember what, what it felt like at the time and have you processed it yet? I guess, Alice, we'll start with you. Uh, I just cried at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a, quite a shock to me, um, in a good way. I think I was just, couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, when I came in and sort of everyone was like, oh, you know, you're on for a podium. I was like, no, no I can't be. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, just cried for about an hour, but it was brilliant. Ah, oh, that's a that's a good kind of crying for an hour. That's really great. Uh, Megan, what about you? Yeah, I was I was really nervous actually when I finished. Um, well, because I'd had a good run, I knew that. And Mark and Alice showed me the live results, and I could see like Sarah Hagstrom and Eleanor Ross were sort of like just behind me, like halfway through the race. And I knew I'd been slow in the last loop. And like if I beat them, I was going to be in top six. But there's still quite a chance that they could beat me, kind of thing. So I was just like. Um, try to keep myself distracted for ages <laughs> until the results were final and then someone came and told me that I was sick too. Yeah, because you were yeah, sat in the cool. leader's chair for yeah. like, quite a while, I guess. Yeah, um, actually not too long because Andrina came in. Oh yeah, she guess, came in like 10 minutes after maybe you Maybe 10 minutes after I finished. Yeah, and I'd already had a couple of interviews and things before, so I was probably in the leader's chair for like five minutes or so. <laughs> But it was quite nice, nice and comfy. <laughs> you can enjoy it whilst it lasted. But I guess I kind of both of you set the scene about how how much you've been able to prep for this World Championships. Um, I guess, Meg, for you doing the forest races, you were able to go out to check once. Um, Alice, I don't know how, how your preparations have been as well. Because I know some people have said lockdowns made everything a whole load more difficult and and other people have said lockdowns actually really benefited them so Alice which which camp are you in I guess um I think kind of from a physical perspective lockdown's been quite good for me it's just so I've been um working from home which has been quite nice it's given me a bit more time to kind of fit training in and uh you know not been going away so much and having so many other things on in my life that's been quite good um I guess more from the orienteering side of things I mean I've not been on any training camps I'm you know for what two years now it's um yeah I, I hadn't been out to Czech Republic before World Champs we've done no sprint training camps other than just going up to the test races and doing a little bit of training together after those um, that was pretty much the extent of my preparation. And yet, um, your technical been... preparation, were you able to kind of put on some kind of sprint trainings around where you live, um, things like that? 
Yeah, so my club's been fantastic, actually. So um, Aryan Tears, they do like a Wednesday evening sprint events. Um, so that's pretty much been the basis of my training for the last couple of months um, leading up to walk. So it was just, yeah, every Wednesday evening kind of a, a random <laughs> place somewhere in, in Leeds and the surrounding areas, just, yeah, going and doing that and, um, yeah, sort of running the sprint course with them. And it's, yeah, don't need yeah. any glamorous training camps, <laughs> a bit of uh, some <laughs> scratchy parks in Leeds seem to have done the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just like the couple of test races, elite only test races, and that was about it in terms of actual sprint races for you, I guess. Yeah, that's been everything. Um, so yeah, kind of probably not the ideal preparation that I would want. I've seen some of the other teams, you know, out and about. I think it was in France training in various fortresses. And um, yeah, it's not been ideal, but sort of just made it work and um, done the best that we could do with yeah being locked down and trapped in Leeds. Yeah, Meg, how about you? Um, yeah, so I managed to get on one camp last autumn which I guess is kind of lucky in itself because I wouldn't normally have that time for the training camp, but because all the competitions were cancelled, I could actually use my holiday time. And yeah, that was really nice to come and get to know like the Czech sandstones and uh, we spent a couple of days up in the middle distance terrain. And then I was hoping to go to Euro meeting and the selection races in this summer and come out to walk early. And in the end, none of that happened. And I came out to walk like uh, on the Thursday before the sprint relay. So I did one day of training in the sandstones and then I did the model event for the middle and model for the sandstones and that was it (laughs) yeah because you were because you were meant to go out a few days earlier but your test results didn't come back on time or something yeah yeah I took my PCR test well like um probably like about 70 hours before my flight and they still didn't come back in time (laughs) and so I missed my original flight and then had to redo my PCR and fly out a few days later so I was on the Thursday then. So I missed, I would have had um, three or four days training, I think, in Sandstones before that. So, yeah, that's a shame. But just the stress of that, like, you not even being able to get there. That is what's also, yeah. like, an added complication. Yeah. It's a bit frustrating. <laughs> but um, I was able to stay with some relatives in London, so that was really nice. Yeah, yeah that's very, and very handy. Um, yeah, the racing this year has been quite difficult as well. Like, my first forest race was that one just before EOC. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, the one uh, like Winterfold. We- I saw you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winterfold. That was it. That was that was good. Good fun. And then after UC, I had quarantine ten days, and then it was like basically the end of May, and then I was able to start forest training. <laughs> and I got to go to Scotland, and like I did a lot of races in May, but it took me so long to get into my like rhythm, my racing rhythm, and I kept making stupid mistakes all the time, like going to wrong controls, just missing like my exit direction out of controls and things like that and I think that showed a lot in the middle and the relay as well actually in walk mm-hmm. and but yeah, I managed to learn from those for the long distance <laughs> <laughs> well um my next question is is kind of well I think a lot of about orienteering or hearing a lot of people talk a lot of about orienteering is about confidence and having some confidence on on the start line to know that you're either in a good shape or you've done put in the work that you can really kind of attack the course so in a situation where you've not really been able to do the desired training, you've, you know, you know, so many of the others have done, have, have been out to the Czech Republic maybe more than you. Like, what do you do to get yourself feel confident on the start line? Um, I think this year I just didn't feel any pressure. I don't know if it's 
because the preparation hadn't gone so well or if I'm just a little bit more confident having gone to a few world champs now and kind of, you know, used to that little bit of pressure on a start line and um, that kind of feelings. I think I just felt very grateful to be there. <laughs> it was, um, you know, after so long not being able to, to go and compete, I was just, yeah, I just felt really happy and was kind of smiling on the start line and relaxed. And I think that kind of goes through into your performance. You know, if you're sort of happy and enjoying what you're doing, you just, it's just another race. It's, um, yeah, I was kind of trying to tell myself, you know, I do this every week. It's just the same thing. It's, I'm just going orienteering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that like, that's kind of what you said after the, the eighth place um, in 2018, like you just needed a normal race and to have mm -hmm. a normal run and you can do okay. And maybe this is like taking it to the next level with like even less pressure and expectation because you know you've done so much less than everybody else. Yeah, and I think kind of in the past, I've almost set a goal for myself and set an expectation. I think this was the first time that I hadn't done that, um, obviously, you know, we weren't intending to have sprint races this yeah. year. They just kind of added them on. Yeah, um, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, very thankfully. And um, yeah, Meg, what about you in terms of confidence on the start line? Yeah, I felt confident in the sandstones just because I, I felt comfortable in them when I was training last year. And because I'd, well, after the relay especially, and I sort of knew what the terrain was like in Kokorinsko Forest where the uh, long was also held. Um, for the middle distance and the sprint relay, though, I was nervous. I was really nervous. Um, <laughs> like, for the sprint relay, I knew there were going to be some tricky route choices, and I still felt like I hadn't practised enough of them this year. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I did, I did make some mistakes like that in the sprint relay. And then in the middle distance, I'd, I thought I'd been training on relevant areas at home, and then I <laughs> got to the middle model, <laughs> and it was totally different and really, like, low visibility and, like, rough underfoot and just very tricky and yeah so that really kind of knocked my confidence and I knew I had to be safe then going into the middle qualifier but I still messed up so much yeah. um, but I did slow down a bit and took more care in the middle final and yeah. I was good for like the first half I think yeah. yeah well we'll come to that I think a little bit more coming up because honestly I thought the middle distance is like the opposite of my idea of fun orienteering it just looked really really <laughs> horrible but we'll start with the first race obviously um the sprint race and as you were racing this one um and honestly just what a way to start a world championships with the epic fort in Terezin and it just the map just looked amazing the courses looked amazing um and luckily you'd managed to like go like the model was also in the fort and then the qualifier was in the fort so you had enough time to kind of get used to it I guess by the final like what lessons did you learn from the the model and the um the qualifier yes I think it was really good being able to go to the model event the day before um I'm not sure it helped my confidence. It was um, so the model event. It was like throwing it down with rain, and it was really, really muddy. Um, I felt like I was doing a cross-country course. It was like really rutted ground and these really steep slopes that you just slid straight back down. I was like, oh no, like this just doesn't suit me. Like this is not good. <laughs> um, but I think it was just good to get a feeling from it. I mean, we'd, you know, we'd kind of had a look at the old map and you're trying to understand how the tunnels are mapped and, and sort of what it looks like but actually 
being able to see it, you know, in person, it makes it a little bit <laughs> less scary. I'm like, it's just like, it's just a tunnel, it's just a bridge, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think the quality was good. I think it's just kind of a way to almost settle your nerves. I think you, we kind of know that we should be able to qualify quite comfortably. Um, you can just get that sort of nervy performance out of the way um, and just settle into your orienteering. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they'd put some artificial barriers out there, so just getting a feel for what those looked like and the types of challenges that they were setting on the course. Um, yes. Yeah, and just helps you settle into things before the final. Yeah, it, I can see it, it does a lot. It was, or oh, that first part of the sprint qualifier looked like there must have been people running everywhere because you were going backwards and forwards throughout this kind of, uh, like some housing kind of bits. It just looked intense, but kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a little bit stressful. It was um yeah, sort of so the start was right at quarantine. Um so you literally just went from where we'd been milling around outside you could see everybody starting and it was straight into the school grounds, um in sort of these residential areas trying to look for little gaps in the fence and um yeah, so you're starting kind of three people every minute and then there's people passing you from the minutes before and it was yeah, it was quite stressful and uh you sort of popped around the corner at one control and then all of a sudden there's all these photographers it must have been like the media control yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, just trying to like get all that out of your system and you just kind of yeah get into things and um yeah just yeah. get used to it <laughs> blow away some of the cobwebs as well and um I was chatting to Jonas who I co-commentate with and he was saying oh you know everyone will run this like full pace no one will be taking this easy and I'm like well I don't know the qualification is looking looking back to the European champs qualification for the through to the knockout sprint like that's so tight the, the, the teams are huge and you have to be like absolutely on it in order just to qualify for the final but there's only three per team allowed in the world champs plus any like defending champions so it just it feels like it is easier to qualify was that in your mind like did you go full pelt no so I think I'd I knew that I would, should be able to qualify. I mean, I've, you know, qualified for kind of all the previous world champs. It's finding that balance. It's probably going like 80% speed. Um, so hard enough that you want to qualify in a decent position, um, but not so much that you, you know, you knack yourself for the afternoon. Um, yeah, I think it's just, so I tend to start them quite hard um, just to get into that sort of rhythm and routine of, of orienteering at full pelt. Um, and then kind of, you know, ease off about halfway. So I caught my minute girl about halfway around and then thought, oh, you know, this is fine. I'm going to qualify. <laughs> I can back off now. And, and uh, yeah, just try and take in sort of the multi-level part that was over the second half. So trying to like look around, um, yeah, and just get a bit of a feeling from that. Yeah. And ultimately very comfortably in. And I think everybody qualified but Cecilia, who looked like she had oh the biggest mistake ever I felt so sorry for her watching her and um, I think she maybe made a parallel error and cut through a cut through a fence or a wall too early and she ended up running off the map and taking quite a long time to realize and that just looked very very painful I hope she was feeling okay like she could recover from that um afterwards I don't know but otherwise everybody else is th was through uh to the final yeah um, I was so frustrated for her as well I mean she had 
you know, on like three quarters of a fantastic race, she was really on track to qualify. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that everyone makes a mistake at some point in a big competition and you learn from it and you come back stronger. You know, she's yeah. fantastic. And yeah, next she looked time like she, she was going to com- uh, qualify comfortably, you know. So, yeah, exactly. For 75%, 80%, 90% of that race, it was going really well. So, yeah, I hope she can take enough like positives from that as well. Um, and then. It was the afternoon for the final, so the qualifier and the final in the same day. Do you want to talk us through? Do you remember your run, Alice? Like, how much do you want to talk us through it? How it was? <laughs> yeah, I do remember it. It was um, so I was just yeah really really happy on the start line. I remember being really smiley and relaxed and just thinking, oh, you know, I didn't think I'd get this opportunity to race. Um, so I'm just gonna absorb it and take it all in. Um, <laughs> So I expected kind of from the geeking that we'd done as a team for it to be going straight into the fortress um, and was kind of a little bit nervous about what that sort of first mm-hmm. route choice might entail. Um, so actually when I picked up the map, we had a really long run out to the start kite um, and I saw that it was in this, uh, well, it was in a park. They hadn't really built a maze, but they'd made all the grass uncrossable. Mm-hmm. So it was like a kind of maze from the paths around the park. And, I just and thought, they put oh, some artificial look- barriers in as well, haven't mm. they, on those bits? Yeah. yeah, so they blocked a couple of them off, and I just thought, oh, this looks awesome. It was so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I was just buzzing. Um, yeah, so, like, really, really enjoyed that first part. Um, yeah, it was just flat and fast and kind of felt like it suited me and was whizzing around, having a brilliant mm. time. Mm. Um, yeah, and then there was sort of this long route choice into the fortress um, where you had to kind of find these little tunnels through it was just really fun <laughs> I don't know I didn't feel like I was having this amazing race when it went into the fortress it kind of I don't know it felt like a bit stressful and like I had to keep I don't know I felt like I was hesitating I felt like I had to keep stopping and slowing down to spot the good routes um which at the time I sort of thought oh, I shouldn't be doing this like I'm not having a good route but but everybody was yeah that's it so like actually on reflection it was really good to invest that time um so you know I thought oh I'm I'm not having a good race because I'm stopping and wasting all this time planning Mm -hmm. but actually I think that was the correct thing to do and actually for the vast majority of the course picked really good route choices yeah and I guess Um, you're just not used to that having to do that in a sprint race you're used to just not stopping at all and just having to yeah no hesitations whatsoever yeah, so like Riga three years ago, I felt like that was a perfect race, mm. and I came eighth, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm definitely not having a perfect race right now. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> I remember running past some of like the guys with TV cameras, and I was like, no one is paying attention to me. Like, I'm having an awful race. <laughs> uh, it was just really fun. I don't know. Like, you were in these little tunnels, and um, like you couldn't see anything, so you couldn't read your map when you were yeah. in the tunnels. Um, which I think where I came a little bit unstuck sort of further round the course um, where I kind of hadn't planned ahead and then you're suddenly stuck in these tunnels and you can't read your map and you pop out and there's the control and so I'd expected it to be kind of up on the top level and it was down at the bottom and then I hadn't planned the next leg but yeah it was I don't know it was just quite a special course I think I think the course that has did a really really good job it was you know it so technical like kind of, for a for a warp mm. sprint like just i'm um, so many world cup sprints recently i've just been like oh it's kind of 
fine. Like, I guess when you're running around it, like, it's kind of tough. But, like, when I'm looking on paper, it's not too tricky. But this one, like, technical level, high, amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant. So many of them are. It's just sort of left, right, like, just mm. running around a town, which I thought I really enjoyed. But, um, yeah, this was just kind of something else. It was, yeah, really tricky. Um, I think it, it did quite suit the Brits. I think we get these sort of, you know, these sprints that are on multi-levels and in these kind of random scrublands and like you know sort of not your typical areas um yeah it was really fun although yeah I'm not sure how much I was enjoying it at the time it was uh, <laughs> pretty painful and <laughs> sort of hunting around for like a re-entrant and thinking oh, this doesn't feel like a sprint but <laughs> <laughs> what a re-entrant on a sprint no surely not <laughs> so then you know do you just I guess you you have no idea how well you're doing you just trying to kind of keep attacking it to the end and then someone says you're you're in for a potentially a podium plot uh, spot yeah I didn't have a clue so until maybe two-thirds of the way down the run-in and then I heard uh, Per Forsberg be like oh I'm coming into second place I thought oh my goodness like there's only about 10 people starting after me like this is gonna be a really good result like this is great um but yeah up until I didn't have a clue till that point I thought <laughs> oh, it was just like a bang average race <laughs> yeah and then were so. you were you nervous like you know, seeing that those ten athletes after you come in, like watching what happens or or not, like do you do you pay attention or are you trying to go back and I don't know how did you, how what were you like after crossing the line? Yeah, I didn't really watch it to be honest. It was so it's quite strange because of all the COVID protocols. It was a lot of faff and like getting a mask on and you know going through download and having a drink and by the time I'd found everyone in the team I think most of the race was over I'd sort of missed everything that was happening and yeah I went up to Mark and Alice and you know, I was like oh like is this like a top 15 like this is like a really good result and then like no like we think this is a podium but um Tova's making a mistake like it might actually be a medal I was like, and then yeah that's when the tears started and then, <laughs> I think I was just a bit overwhelmed <laughs> Yeah, well, especially for, for like, no expectations, kind of an okay race, and then, you know, getting, like, ah, oh, it's actually going to be fourth. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, so I'm obviously, like, massively gutted to miss out on a medal by four, <laughs> four seconds, seconds, but uh, I think, yeah, it's just... I think I couldn't even believe that I would be that close. I think, you know, the other women on that podium are, like... I, like, idolise them. I think they must have, like, what, 30... 40 walk medals between them and uh, I, yeah. I don't know I just feel like yeah. an imposter up there it's great but they're all they're all and I think someone made a, a point to this maybe commenting on, on one of your social media posts Alex like they're all like full-time athletes they're proper full-time athletes you work full-time you've got to balance everything going on you've not been out in the terrain and you're fourth in the world I mean that's just got to feel amazing as well with that perspective too yeah, it just blows my mind a little bit, I think. It's, uh, yeah, so yeah, my mum said to me after the race, basically that, you know, they're all full-time athletes and you trained for this running around Potter Newton Park on a Wednesday after work. It's, um, yeah, you've got, you've got to be happy with it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And and Meg, I guess, did did the whole team kind of get so much of a buzz seeing Alice's result they must have done? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We were, we were watching from the hotel, actually. And, um, yeah, it was super exciting. And I, I was, like, that. it was after Alice's result then that I started feeling super nervous and super excited for the sprint relay because it, like, started to feel more real. <laughs> and, 
yeah yeah it was really cool really cool to see yeah so um oh, i want to quickly give a shout out to everyone else's results for the sprint as well so grace with a great for uh 12th place you know her um Walk World Champs debut, which was really great. Peter, Hodgkins, Peter Hodkinson was uh, 14th, uh, Chris Smith 24th, and Nathan 25th. So all ran pretty happy with the, t- the team when they came back from, from the are- arena in the area. Yeah, super impressed. Yeah, it's really, you know, brilliant results, I think, especially from the guys that were doing their walk debut. That's, you know, really, really impressive. Grace's 12th place, particularly. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. they were all quite happy. <laughs> good, good. Well, yeah, they definitely great results. You know, everyone in those top 25 um, who, who made it through to the final. Then we have sprint relay day. So, um, Alice, you on first leg, Ralph uh, on second leg, then Peter Hodkinson, then Megan, you're on last leg. And very, I, I feel it feels like kind of not super special terrain, but they kind of made it quite good with a lot of the um artificial barriers that it, that they put in so um alice you want to start telling us about how how your race was and um yeah heading out from the start yeah i think i don't know i feel like a little bit disappointed with my race but that might just be comparing it to the day before <laughs> it's, um, yeah i mean i was just so excited to be on that first leg of the sprint relay it's something I've wanted to do it ever since 2015 and watching that one up in Scotland and I've always wanted to be in the team and um, it's been kind of a really, really big goal of mine to work towards making that team. Um, yeah, I think I started really, really well. Um, I was confident, I was decisive, I was taking my own route choices, kind of doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, and then I think I just, it's like something just switched in my head and I get into this kind of head-to-head racing mentality and I just I kind of get swept away with everyone else and stop doing my own thing and um yeah I just took a bad route choice on the mm. long leg mm. um sort of back towards the arena um I think uh, I think I lost about 20 seconds on that leg mm. and then I was just so so tired from the day before I just I didn't have it in my legs to to kind of catch that back I feel like on fresh legs I could have got past those other girls quite easily and mm. um and sort of been back at the front of the pack but uh, yeah I just <laughs> didn't have it on well, the you day did two um, races the day before you know you've got to appreciate that as well in like successful races too and um yeah I think you, you you look at that course and you go oh it's not it's not too hard but then you've got to factor in that everyone's racing around there at the same time and you'd get into that zone and relays just go they can go all over the place and you're and what they did particularly is is make the routes that where you'd pay if you followed the wrong person or if you know that was like the core setters kind of philosophy I think on on that one and that I think you really saw were you surprised as well like the number of gaffles that there was on the course uh I don't think so much I don't know I kind of expected it to be quite gaffled mm-hmm. um yeah I was just I don't know I was just <laughs> a little bit disappointed <laughs> in yeah. my performance on the day but um oh, well, yeah it's, I mean it's my first one so it's something to learn from and um yeah I mean I've, I've not done any head to head racing all year so I know what it is that I need to work on 
um for yeah hopefully the next time that i get to do one yeah yeah well absolutely and then um ralph goes out has an absolute storm i think he's quickest on the second leg which was mm-hmm. which was so exciting to see uh then handing over to peter hodkinson um and then megan what what's, what position are you sent out in can you remember um so i was fourth so when i came into the arena for the changeover um peter was running through in third place Mm-hmm. And then I think, like, so, I, yeah, I was getting quite nervous <laughs> at that point. Um, and then Casper Foster, I think, had a stormer and flew past him in the last loop somewhere. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Peter handed over to me in fourth. And I think uh, Teresa came up, like, she started just behind me for Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Maya started maybe, like, 10 or 20 seconds after as well. Yeah. 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 So you know you're on the chase and you're feeling kind of nervous. You try and like settle into the race kind of as quickly as you can. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was okay for through the first few, and I think actually around number five I could see Andrina who started before me. Um, so like that was good. I was kind of keeping up with her pace. She ended up being the fastest I think on our leg in the end. Mm. Um, well, yeah, you had a really good start because you'd caught up. You'd like got a bit of time on Teresa I think you'd taken a different route choice up the okay. up coming up the um, oh yeah river I think that was really good and you've got a bit stairs. of a gap and yeah. then, and then the you valley. go that those long route choices across that just look really horrible yeah. how you figure out the best way <laughs> is so hard yeah <laughs> so I was, I was looking at them and I was running down to that control number five it was like a bit of a downhill slope and then some steps down to the control so I was, I was looking at it for a while like running down there and I saw the right hand route choice, but I thought you had to go back the way to get onto it because there's a barrier to our right. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this snaking route choice. And um, so I thought like they, they were probably even, but it turns out there was actually like this middle path that you could get across to the right route choice and that was the fastest. But I totally missed that. And I think Andrina took it in front of me, but at the time I just knocked over an artificial barrier. I just like ran into it slightly. (laughs) And and I think, so I didn't, I wasn't looking up, I guess, when Andrina took that forking, like that path across to the right-hand route choice. And I carried on with my snaking one, which ended up being 20 seconds slow or something. Yeah, and then then I saw Maya catch me at the other end of that because she took the correct route choice. Yeah. Yeah, and and you, we know what she's like on the last leg of a, a relay sprint relay team for Denmark. I mean, I think this is the only, yeah. the only one when she's not got a medal at, at the end of it. So um, yeah, and then when when had um, Teresa caught you because you were running kind of neck and neck towards the last yeah. part of the course. Yeah, so we were running. Um, I think I was. I think I was ahead of her that whole time towards the end of the course, and it was only on the very second last control, right in the park. I punched that just before her and then she just flew past me. Oh, I didn't yeah. even realise she was there really. <laughs> and she just, she just went for it and I couldn't keep up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we saw you actually look back when you punched the last control, look back to kind of, I think you'd almost thought she's too quick for me to go, but I'm, I want to conserve the sixth place, the podium spot that you had. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. Was that, was that what, what was going through your head in that point? Yeah, I guess so. But just to make sure no one else was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't remember what happened really quickly, but yeah, I was still glad to get that podium place. Yeah, and and you should be. Although I know, That's you cool. know, the the team has a lot of, um, I think, a lot of high expectations for the sprint relay itself. So 
you know, and before being close to medals and things like that. So kind of bittersweet in the whole team performance. Yeah, I think we sort of had four good runs, didn't we? But it feels like if, I don't know, maybe like two or three of us had had kind of great runs. I feel like we could be there at the medals. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's putting it if together taking, on the day. and uh, the right route choice. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know, did we all take that sneaky route choice? I'm not sure, but it was kind of 20 seconds mm. lost there when we were one minute from a medal, so... Yeah, yeah. It, add, it adds up. And where do you... Um, I know, Alice, you're do, you did two races. Um, Meg, you did four. Like, where do you rank... Where do you prioritise the the sprint relay? Like, does it come in the in the top ones that you prioritise? Are you trying to prioritise individual ones? Like, how does it work personally for both of you? Uh, for me, sprint relay was has been number one this year. It's, I mean, it's been so difficult because we haven't been able to to get together and train and kind of do the preparation that we need to do mm. to do well at it. Um, but yeah, it's it's the number one mm. priority. Yeah, same for me. It's um, it's always like the biggest privilege to be able to run in the sprint relay team. I guess because you only end up with like one result at the end of the day, and you know that you can do well in it. And I don't know. I always get super nervous and super excited for sprint relays, like far more than anything else, because it, I guess it's so intense as a race, and you know you can do well, but you have to get everything right, and that's really nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I think just doing anything as a team is just more fun, isn't it? It's you know yeah you win together you lose together it's just yeah it's brilliant yeah it's yeah. it does um yeah it seems a lot like that and you know the day will come where you you get it all right on the day i you know i do believe that because there's a great group of people you know great team and that you can go out and perform it so just we'll wait wait till next year in denmark and get the next opportunity to do that um and then of course cool. we move across to the middle distance day which uh just looks yeah as i said like the opposite of my idea of fun orienteering um i, ju- I mean how do you even tr- how do you even approach this terrain it's like just boulders everywhere it feels like there's nothing to like no unique features it just looks really horrible yeah yeah it was difficult um i think a lot of it was about just being confident on your, on your direction and you could see like where the patches of green were um like even though it was all quite tough going um you could see where the differences were and you could look up and see different features and things so it was like it was doable um but you did have to be quite disciplined and focused like the whole way and yeah yeah in the middle quali i <laughs> i kind of failed at that a bit <laughs> i was very lucky to qualify <laughs> well yeah you yeah. and cat were both very lucky to qualify you were both in 15th place which is like the cutoff to qualify i think grace was down in 20th place and like was that were you following was that really like nervous watching everything come in because yeah yeah so actually well when i finished i'd I'd run quite hard through all the fields so even though i knew i'd made loads of mistakes um when i finished per forsberg said um i was in 10th place and i would qualify oh okay and i was like oh okay that's that's good and um (laughs) I think Mark and Alice told me afterwards they were looking at live results like there's more than five people to come in <laughs> kind of thing like who could beat me at the time so I think they were a bit nervous but I didn't actually know about it until it had all kind of finished and I was in 15th and realised I'd only qualified by 15 seconds which was 
from me running fast through the fields at the end, basically. <laughs> so yeah. that was quite lucky that I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, it looks like you messed up the first control, was it? And then, if, like, yeah, I just missed it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, just missed the first control, and then I was okay through a few of them, and then there are a few down a steep slope in some green, and I have hardly orientated in green this year, and. I think I, I messed up the first one and then I panicked a bit and then I was kind of rushing and messed up another one quite a lot as well. So, mm. yeah, I lost a lot of time on the, on the middle. It's like, I think how at do number you, seven, I was nine relocate? minutes down. <laughs> uh, how do you relocate from that? You know, you miss it by a tiny amount. You end up, like, just overshooting it or something and then you've got to just kind of... Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, number one was difficult, um, but... I thought I'd gone through the correct place, so I milled about a bit and came back to the place where I thought it would be, so, and then I saw it. Um, yeah. The other ones, I wasn't actually anywhere near them in the first place anyway. <laughs> mm. So I kind of was running around and then relocating as I went, and yeah, and then made my way up to them. Yeah. yeah it wasn't, Alex- wasn't my finest performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you qualified, um, and that yeah. is the main thing, and... Um, on the men's side of things as well. Oh, Ali Thomas missing out by one place on the qualifier. That is really, really tough. And he didn't look like he had too bad a race either. Um, Ralph and yeah. Pete Bray both getting in um, then. Um, yeah, that sounded really tough. And then and the two races in one day, was that something you were kind of used to on the, on the middle side of things? Had you been prepared Yeah, I had for trained it? for that a bit. Yeah, I had trained for it. I've done, I've done quite a few double days and like double orienteering days. Um, so, I mean, those days were quite tough, but actually this felt easier physically than the training days that I'd done. So that was quite nice. Oh, easier <laughs> yeah. how? I think, um, like, yeah. Um, well, I think because I'd been racing quite hard on the double days that I did and in this terrain because I was moving slower because it was more tricky I guess it just wasn't as physically demanding for me Mm. um yeah because I really had to slow it down to navigate properly yeah it looked very frustrating that you you know that yeah you had to you have to slow it down the terrain's tough the navigation's tough I imagine it doesn't like feel the best when you're orienteering in it yeah no it wasn't like I didn't feel like I was flying around the course by any means um and I was actually kind of surprised to see in the splits I think I was like 10th at number four um that was before my big mistake at number five uh where I've I kind of drifted around and then found the men's control um Mm. but I realized and corrected myself but I lost about two minutes there so um yeah I was a bit like more cautious after number five and I was good around to like going up the slope to number 10 uh number 11 running up that big hill <laughs> uh, but after that I sort of lost my discipline and I went back to kind of my normal racing ways and I was just taking really bad exit directions out of a lot of controls and making I, I think I made like four mistakes after that so not yeah. not good going I wasn't that no, happy not, to finish and no well 26th though um ultimately you know not uh not your best middle performance but not I mean not too bad in terms of results um uh what else do we have Ralph was in 27th Pete Bray was in 34th Kat retired was she okay yeah she was fine um she I think she wasn't feeling very good physically and Mm. um I'm not entirely sure what happened 
but yeah, she uh, retired from that race. So. Yeah. And Alice, you were you were at home by this point. Were you uh, was that very strange, kind of coming home early from the World Champs? Do you do you normally come home early? Were you watching the races? Yeah, it was really weird. So <laughs> normally I would stay out there for the whole week and um, you know be in the arena cheering, but I was just being number one fan at home and uh, <laughs> watching your live stream like everybody else. <laughs> so so I'm sure I was there one day ago. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like maybe thinking, wow, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm a sprinter and uh, I leave leave the forest people to do their thing, right? Definitely. I mean, the sandstones look good, but that middle course is. Like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I think I'd still be out there now, Meg. <laughs> me too, me too. No, it, it was really fun though. It was really fun. It was like so tricky and challenging, like having to power through some green and like navigate by these rocks that you kind of hardly see as well. It was really cool. Well, I'm, I, you, this is why you, you run this because you love the challenges like that. And so rather, <laughs> rather you than us, but um, that's, that's why you're, you're there on the start line. Um, then we have another rest day. We have the relay. We have a late switch. I think Joe in for Cat on the relay, second um, leg of the relay. Um, Grace starts out, has a pretty good run. She looks like she was absolutely flying through that relay terrain. Joe looks like she has a pretty solid run as well. Uh, and then you are out in the terrain, uh, last leg, uh, feeling nervous as well on the start line. Yeah, yeah, because, um, I mean, the girls did so well, I think. I think they both did great jobs. And, yeah, it was really cool on first leg. Like, Grace got so many mentions in the arena hey. <laughs> on the commentary. That was cool. And, yeah, so I think I, I started out in the group seventh to ninth place. And I, I immediately got ahead of them to number one, but also made a little miss in the circle. And then I'd caught Finland already that, by that point, so that was the sixth position. And, yeah, I went... Managed the twiddly bits, all good. Um, and I came out of number nine, I think, with Alexander Hornick. So we were basically battling for sixth place then. And we, we both took different routes to number 10, which was this long leg back towards the arena. Mm-hmm. I went out towards a path and she took the lower route, like below all the hills to come up the re-entrant into the control. And so, yeah, I was running along the top and... Then I made a mistake. <laughs> I just dipped down into the I dipped into the wrong re-entrant um, to try and find this boulder, and I I don't know how much time I lost there, but Alexander Hornick was then ahead, and I lost that battle for sixth place. Sadly. No, but I mean, yeah, seven... I was really gutted after that. Oh well, I guess gutted when you're you're so close, but I mean, seventh place yeah. for the team. I think I think you should be really proud of that, and it, like up, I think up considerably yeah, really compared good. to Norway really as well. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we're all pretty happy with that result still. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you really should be. That was um, yeah, really great to see you guys like mixing it uh, at the top end, and then um, Peter, Hector, and Ralph were fifteenth on the men's relay. It looked like they had a bit more of a tough time. We could see Peter like really like checking the the route choices quite a lot um, at some of the controls and. I mean, the, we were expecting quite a lot of drama in that race and it really, like, it really did happen. Um, so that was, like, I guess, um, exciting to see. Um, and then how much did running the relay help or, or not help for the long distance? Yeah, so actually, um, I think it helped quite a lot because 
it gave me a bit more of a view of the terrain in the area because so the model map was super nice it was so runnable gorgeous and then the relay was actually a, quite a bit more bushy like a lot of bilberries on the floor mm. and like it was you could still run through them but it was definitely tougher and so like knowing that in the long distance I like tried to take path routes more and I noticed in the relay I was like even though I feel quite hill fit at the moment, I was still struggling on some of the climbs. And so it kind of reminded me of how much quicker it is to run around a path than to take on some of these climbs. So yeah, that, that did influence my route choices, I think, going into the long distance. Mm. So, so talk us through the long distance then. Um, you're starting kind of like middle of the pack, I guess. Um, you've got that fairly easy number, number one and then number two, like bam, two kilometer long leg. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so actually before I started the long distance, it was probably the best advice I had was from Emma Wingstead, who's been uh, coaching us in GB team. And he said, basically, don't walk away from the control at all until you've made your route choice for the next leg, because if you start walking, um, you're going to be biased towards that route, like in the direction that you're walking with, like... Um, they're quite big splits and you can save a lot of time on different route choices and things so yeah I was I stopped at number two in front of all the media <laughs> well, number one sorry I stopped at number one in yeah. front of all the media and made that route choice I had looked at it a bit on the way to the control um but still hadn't fully decided so yeah, yeah. decided to go all the way right around the path up to the north and took that all the way into the control basically like down the spur and around yeah so that it, was good yeah it, look, yeah it looked pretty good it's hard to see like on the women's course which of those was better but you look like you must have really uh, like started with a lot of attack on that course I think from from the early splits yeah like I thought I'd have a good chance of racing well um in the terrain because I was really comfortable with the sandstones and um I mean I knew there'd be a lot of path running and I think I'm definitely like physically stronger than some of the girls whereas I might not be like as technically strong as some of them um so I thought like this was a course that was going to suit me quite well so I might as well go for it if I if I can <laughs> and yeah so I did I did start off like just yeah racing it properly um and yeah so by number two it was fine it's all been quite easy going so far just um running around the paths mostly and then to three and four, I'd actually damaged my map already and I couldn't see the controls. Oh. Um, like, I think I'd fall on my map somewhere. Yeah. Maybe on the way into two. Or, or, like, climbing some crags or something. And, yeah, so I couldn't actually see those controls. I could see, like, where the circle roughly was. And so I ran towards that. <laughs> and then I was looking at my control descriptions to try and figure out, like, how best to get into the control. Yeah. I think um, number three was on a passageway. So thankfully, like, the passage was right in the middle of this big re-entrant. So it, like, fed right down into it. So I was pretty yeah. lucky. And then number four, I got over the hill. And I could sort of, like, I looked out for it and I could see it. <laughs> so <laughs> that was quite lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that was the TV control as well. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you could kind of see, like, all the water bits around it as well. And, yeah. Yeah. It was not too difficult to find that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. And then from there, you like you could see the rest of the controls from there. Um, well, yeah. So I I took some path routes around five and six, 
Um, no, that's right. Uh, five, four to five and six to seven, I took some big path routes. Mm. And I think those might have been the best routes. Maybe I could have been more direct in some of my lines, leaving the controls, mm. like out of number four and things like that. But you got um, the big route choice to, I think it was to seven, was going all yeah. the way kind of down the bottom. I think it was it was shorter, it was less climb as well. And that, yeah, and that the whole path, really decisive. a lot of the path was just like a gradual downhill, which is such a fast gradient as well. So I knew that that was probably a good decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually took my gel on the little climb up to number seven then, <laughs> which was actually just before 50% of the course. So, yeah. Yeah, but it didn't feel too bad. And... And then, then you start yeah. making your way, there's kind of a little loop, and then you start making your way back towards the, the relay area as well. Um, and did, did that help, having like been actually on that area before as well? Um, yeah, a bit. So if, in the relay, I'd, when I'd taken that top path route, I'd come up by this field. And so, yeah, running into there, I saw the field again. And it, it was kind of nice and comfortable to see that, I guess. Yeah. But um, I don't think we had... That many of the same controls, um, like it wasn't that similar, like running, I guess. Yeah, and but at that I point, was... do you know you've had a good race? Like, can you tell? Yeah, like um, I'd actually seen, I'd crossed paths with a few different girls, and I could sort of tell how far in front I was, mm-hmm. or like relative to where we started. Um, so I knew I was probably doing well, um, but I just wanted to keep it safe the whole way and just yeah, navigate cause, properly because <laughs> well, well I was asking my mum like what does she want to know from you guys on on the race and she said when you if you if you feel like you've had a, a, a good race like what do you do towards the end do you try and like still attack and really push it or do you actually like ease off and go I just need to get it right here like I ought because otherwise all this work that I've yeah. done, put in already will not mean anything if I make a mess here like how do you approach mm. that yeah, so um, I approached it with the cautious approach. <laughs> like, I think if I, if I knew I could be fighting for a medal, then I might have pushed on. But in this instance, I just wanted a good result. And I'd had a clean race to that point, just some small mistakes, like very small. Um, and yeah, so I just took a cautious approach. And I, I actually wasn't very good in the last loop. I don't think I took the best route to 19. And on the world view analysis, I lost like a minute on that leg or something. Mm. Um, but I was clean enough through them and finished with a good lead, so that was nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really great. And then, yeah, then you say you've got some nervousness. You're looking at the like the live results. You're looking at the tracking, like. Yeah. 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 So well, I actually stopped looking at them because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to feel the nerves anymore. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> I went and I think I called Ben and I messaged some people and. Yeah, that distracted me for a while, so that, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then who told you, someone had to tell you, like, the final result? Yeah, I can't remember who told me. Um, I think it was probably Mark and Alice who came back and said, yeah, just nice. Yeah, and then everyone, like, um, we had a lot of the Brits spectating in the, a lot of the team were there, so that was cool. They came, came over and congratulated me and things. Yeah, yeah, very, very exciting. And, and again, you know, like so many of those guys are, those girls are just are, are professional athletes. And you've got the likes of Tova Alexanderson, and everyone's going, "How the hell do we try and beat her?" You know, she won every single gold medal yeah, that she that's could amazing. possibly have done, which was just yeah. and her fifth straight long distance title as well. I mean, everyone behind her must be going, "Like, what do we do to beat her?" 
Yeah, I know. She's, she's in such great form and she's just orienting so well as well. Yeah, yeah, she, she really is. Um, and then otherwise on the long, we had Grace in 25th um, and she was like, yeah, got a few mentions on the commentary as well because she had good kind of leading sections. Joe was 30th. Ralph was 18th and Hector was 33rd. So, like, I kind of some mixed feelings, I think, from, from people from, from other parts of the team. Like, what what did you feel that people, like, generally, you know, were taking away from it? Um, I think everyone was, like, kind of satisfied with their performances. Um, like, I don't know. I think, well, as always in these positions, maybe you want to do better. But uh, I think on the whole, though, like fine with it nothing too spectacular and not disastrous either kind of thing yeah and yeah. and were, they, were you racing quite later on in the day compared to what you're used to did you like yeah, both so, practice that um i didn't um i think i was starting at 3 p.m but yeah. so i didn't i didn't specifically practice it but to be honest i always train in the evenings anyway it's quite and um and another thing that, that Jonas and I were disagreeing on was he was like, oh, yeah, everyone will have brought a head torch. So did you, pr- did you prack a head torch? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, I mean, by the time the men's race, it was really dark. You'd had that storm and for the men's relay. Like, it was getting really, really dark. And he was confident that, like, yeah, everyone will have, yeah, everyone will have had a head torch, especially after, like, two years ago, World Champs, where it also got dark. I was like... No, I do not think people would have brought head torches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did hear that someone was looking for a spare head torch. Um, I think Ra- Emil brought a head torch over to Ralph in the pre-start and someone asked, is that your spare? Can I have it, please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that looked very dramatic. But I think overall, to me, it looked like there, there were some issues with map. Um, kind of maps disintegrating obviously um, maybe some issues with kind of grouping up on some of the some parts of the long distance but ultimately it looked to me like a really great world champs and specifically the course planning and really technical courses looked looked really really spot on um what like overall reflections on on the week um meg and then alice yeah i thought it was really good i thought um they really had like the athletes in mind and like trying to make fun courses and challenging courses for us because I think at some races in the past they've been a bit more TV focused um, but yeah this was this was really good um, except for the night relay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah I think it was well planned yeah Alice yeah I mean I was only there for four days but um <laughs> yeah I thought it was you know really really well planned courses um especially all the you know it was kind of last minute, the matching in the sprints mm. and then all the extra things that they had to do around COVID protocols, everything felt safe. It felt well organised. Um, I was really impressed. I think it was, yeah, one of the best world champs that I've been to. That was well, good. Yeah, that's really great. Even with, you know, it's not quite maybe, I think feedback after the Europeans is it, it wasn't quite as fun a time as people would normally have, like it, because of all the COVID stuff. Like, how did you feel about that in terms of the world champs? Yeah, I think this was a lot more fun, like, especially because we had the full team and it was just quite nice to go and train in the forest together and things like that too, which, um, I mean, obviously the European champs were sprint only, so we did do a couple of sprint trainings, but you mostly want to save your legs to be fresh, whereas in the forest you can kind of spend a bit more time um, training and getting ready. 
yeah, it was just really fun to have so many people there. Yeah, maybe didn't quite have the same feel as some of the past ones, but it was, you know, it was nice. Like, a lot of teams were staying in the same hotel and you kind of still got the same excitement and the same sort of vibes from it. Yeah. So, um, you know, now we have a bit of a post-World Champs come down and um, people are like, feel a bit lost for a little bit section, but where do you guys um, head off to next? Like, do you have uh, kind of further races or goals in mind? Um, I guess our next World Cup is in in Sweden in August. Uh, Megan, is that something you're heading out to? Um, yeah, I would like to. I, I was a bit unsure because of the quarantine. I kind of don't want to quarantine again, but it sounds like they might change that with the vaccine passport now. So yeah, hopefully we'll be able to go out to that. Yeah. Alice, what's, what's coming up for you? Um, I think I'm going to switch to a bit of running for the rest of this year um, and just trying to focus on my 5K at the moment and bring that time down. Um, and then hopefully get out to Denmark again for a sprint training camp a bit later in the year. Yeah, because your 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 focuses will switch to yeah that sprint uh, the sprint walk the delayed you know world championships that should have been in Denmark. Uh, very very exciting to get the whole team kind of back out and doing well and sprinting again uh, it's going to be very exciting. So well it just remains for me to say congrats. Um, both of you to the to the whole to the team as a whole um and yeah i look forward to seeing where you go on from here as well and um yeah thanks for coming on the podcast cheers yeah thank you thank you uh, and will um you couldn't join us for the interview but you're here now to give us your thoughts on the week of the world championships um what did you make of it uh i i thought some elements were really good and really um, there was a lot of initiative shown by the organisers in terms of the terrain for the long distance, the terrain for the sprint final in the fortress. I thought that was really cool. And the the style of the races that we had where the technical challenge was as high as it could be, probably mm. for every single event, which maybe hasn't happened over World Championships yeah. in a few years, because there's always been something that's given... Um, or if it's a sprint relay or you know the arena for the long distance forcing things to be a bit easier and, and yeah. complaints from some competitors but i was also left quite disappointed by some of it as well <laughs> uh, um the the i wasn't racing in the middle distance but the terrain for the middle distance just looked brutal and pretty grim <laughs> it looked like mm. a race i wanted to be doing um <laughs> and the uh just some of the some of the TVs, some of the placement of the TV cameras just seemed a bit kind of, I don't know, lacking in terms of what it could give those watching the uh, the event. It just seemed to be a bit... Um, what do you mean by that? Do you mean they were like kind of too easy controls? Yeah, just like in the middle distance final, there was the really complex sandstone bit on top of the hill at the start. And you never saw yes, anyone going through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just saw them coming down a really horrible, rocky, craggy slope really slowly mm. into a TV control halfway through the course. And um, yes, there were some of those like that we saw on the uh, course analysis at the beginning, and we'd see the different routes going through, and then we'd like never would get a chance to talk about that later on in the course because um, they wouldn't show that bit or they wouldn't like slow down and then like show some comparison of routes and how. how 
what the different options were worth maybe exactly yeah, yeah and if you had maybe it's hard to do but if you had a camera on top of one of those rocks just pivoting around and seeing everyone <laughs> going through the mazes of of the network through them that i feel like that could be really cool and um they tried to do some stuff with the drone and the sprint relay which was working kind of well but wasn't quite zoomed in yeah, and it, yeah. this isn't bashing the organists because i think they did a pretty good job um yeah, I think we're just nitpicking but... here because it was <laughs> such a high standard and like you're just picking you are picking small things ultimately in the grand scheme of things but things that you think are important I think yeah I mean they're important I think for looking at the other sporting event there's so much sport going on at the moment mm. um, and the Olympics is coming up as well you you just you want orienteering to expand and reach new audiences and didn't feel like we could see the best bits to really advertise a sport as as it could have been. So maybe yeah, maybe it is nitpicking. Um, but I thought some of it was really <laughs> cool. So the relay, having that, quite funny watching it going into the dark. Which oh. I know a lot of the men's competitors with that, and maybe Kevin, you can give me a bit of insight into what they were saying about the map quality because I heard that there was a lot of complaints mm. about that. But seeing that going to dark was quite entertaining. It was weird, but it. But I'm like, I, the camera, because I wasn't there, it was hard to know actually how dark it was because you can put different filters on the cameras and different exposure and different things like that to make it um, look different. So I genuinely wasn't sure actually how dark it was. Although, so when you saw the like head torches on the rocks and you could see the flash of the SI, then it was like, okay, yeah, it is dark. So I know Pete Hodgkinson said on, on one of our... Um, he was running the first leg for GB uh, on one of our group chats that it, it was incredibly dark and kind of almost unacceptably dark for the first leg runner. So I don't know what it was oh like. Oh gosh, for, for like, the first like, leg, like, wow. Yeah, like you say, seeing the SI flash, you could tell it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but then, I don't know, the winners were all who we expected them to be. So it didn't matter. The tech- yeah, the winners, the winners, yeah. I mean, I agree that the middle distance, and I said this during the interview, that the middle distance is like the opposite of my kind of fun orienteering. Like, I just would have absolutely hated it. But the the kind of the point of walk is to to take you into the hardest terrain, and 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 I like the variety of terrain, and it was a, um, and I'm kind of glad it was a very different terrain to the 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 long and the relay. You know, so you had to get people to to be successful in, in the different challenges and ultimately the top ones were successful in in all the different types of terrain so um but yeah I would have hated it <laughs> yeah but I mean it was really cool like the long distance was pretty spectacular that was one that will surely go down for quite a while as a, an epic overuse but as an epic race and the, just the amount of route choice options and variations and what people chose as their tactics was fascinating. Mm. Well, all of the um, the maps, uh, the GPS replay, um, some pictures, and I don't know whether they're going to put the full commentary up um, online for free. They often do do that um, on YouTube, so have a look out for that. But it's um, walk.cz is what you, or walk2021.cz is what you're looking for um, to to find all the stuff. Because honestly, if you haven't been following any of the world champs uh, in the last week, like I think it's really worth going back and just kind of having a little look at what what the challenges they had to face see how you'd solve them because yeah i think that's really worth it mm. no absolutely um and then i don't know if we want to talk about the winners Catherine. Mm. <laughs> it's, it was all sweden 
It was nearly all Sweden. Yeah, we haven't really talked about that much with um, Megan Alice. Yeah, I think that Sweden won every single gold apart from two, um, which is just ridiculous. Uh, and the others going to um, Matthias Kibert for the middle distance and the long distance won by Kasper Fosser. Tove Alexandsson winning five, all five medals that she could possibly win is just ridiculous. And yeah, then, then, with some dodgy, uh, dodgy navigation in there as well. Yes. It? Yes, with some dodgy navigation. Like, her navigation was far from perfect. She's just so quick. Yeah, a surprise winner for Sweden, Isaac von Krusenfreiner in the sprints. Um, that was pretty good. That was a big surprise. And then winning both the relays. Um, they just got the depth. Which And and yeah, like you can say, this this terrain is so specialised. But yes, we've we've got winners. Then it, it was all the, the people we'd expect to see at the top. Yeah, I was, I was surprised that the Czechs didn't do better um, after the conversations that we've had with them on the podcast this year with uh, Miloš Nikodim and Teresa Janšikova. I, th- I thought they were probably a bit below where they were wanting to be. Yeah, Which I, I got I, that you can say that for well. everyone, but yeah, no, not many podiums across the week. I think they were on the podium in the sprint relay just ahead of GB. Um, but it, yeah, all just seems followed little bit flat at the end i think they're the women kind of outperforming the men yeah um, but yeah not quite what i was expecting from them no they had a fair few um top tens but um yeah i think from the kind of well i guess you know is it just a big talk that we hear from the athletes before the world championships you know you've got to have high expectations you've got to have confidence otherwise you know you're not going to perform so uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? But I, I, I got the sense that they were a bit disappointed as well. I mean, you know, they were in the fight for medals in the relays as well, and then that kind of all fell apart towards the end. So, especially on the women's, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think there'll be a little bit of disappointment there. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, one of the controversies I think coming out of the end of the week was the men's long distance and the fact that all of the three of the medalists mm. were in the same train from 20 minutes into the course. Casper um, Fossa winning and him catching his teammate Magna Dali and um, Matthias Kibbutz from Switzerland out there as well. And obviously those two have won medals independently in the past. So you, like, yeah. They're no mugs. They're yeah. obviously very good. but Yeah. And they could um, keep up with the pace. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it's hard to, I think it's hard to know what to do in this situation it's not the same as in sweden in 2016 where there was only a two minute start interval and you got massive groups this just happens to be a group of three so it's not quite the same i think they had a a small start interval but they had a really small butterfly there in in sweden but it didn't really make any difference because the butterfly was so small so there's questions about butterflies should there be a qualification for the long distance i think someone was putting that out there um you know to having to show your you know show you show your recent form whereas you know the world rankings if you've got a medal from the last three years it it kind of puts you right up there and um uh, the, the the opportunity to get world ranking points um in the last year and a bit year and a half has been like pretty much non-existent or yeah. non-existent for, for more than half of the competition maybe so um you know we had a lot of our brits starting early-ish um especially like grace for example because you know she's not been raising as a senior to get those world ranking points so i don't know i i think this this 
to catch up three minutes is a lot and mm. the other guys could match the terrain it's just a shame that um Matt, Daniel Hoodman was ended up in fourth place but then even if Magna Daly had wasn't with those others and but had still had a good performance up to the arena passage he'd get the information that he's only like 20 seconds behind Gustav behind sorry behind um Daniel Hoodman and he really needs to attack on this last bit there's always a it's never the same in the forest for everybody it's never quite the same no that's true and you might see a competitor when you're crossing over on your route choice you go okay I'll take that one later haven't spotted it or, or something like that and um yeah, I think it's just, I was reading Daniel Hubman's Instagram post about it, and he was obviously clearly quite disappointed with the fact that people ran together. But Or do you, or do you have a certain checkpoints around the course where if you've been caught, you have to wait there for 20 seconds or 30 seconds? Mm. Is there like a time penalty for having been caught? You've been caught, you have to wait here for X amount of time. Uh, interesting uh, yeah I've not heard of that one before interesting idea um, I do wonder if that's a bit dang, that could be a bit unfair on the athlete because it does then just ruin their race if they've got to stop yeah, yeah. and remove themselves from their flow because um, they are what, what if at that control they're going to take a different route choice to yeah. the other person anyway um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. There's no, yeah, uh, I guess there's I, yeah, no I think I've just seen it uh, being put out there but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's, it's too crazy yeah. I mean what are you? But what are you going to do if Casper Foster catches you and he's in that kind of form? You're not going to go with him. Of course, you're going to go with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. But if you're in that kind of form to be able to follow him, the the speed that he's going through the controls. I mean, so you've got some good form as well. To be honest, like there is some of that. So. Ah, yeah, there'll always be a debate about this. Um, and I did go through all the um the British results with um Megan Alice, but are there any you want to particularly pick out, Bill? Um, I mean, firstly, congratulations to everyone who went and uh, particularly people who are making their, their debuts. That was really mm-hmm. cool to see. And I think um, people like Grace and uh, Nathan Lawson in the sprint as well handled mm-hmm. the pressure so well yeah. with how how they were making their debuts at the World Champs for GB after all everything was going on with COVID. I think the highlight of the week was definitely Meg's sixth place. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. It's just uh, so well-deserved after what seemed like a very tough day on the middle distance just qualifying yeah, just 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 qualify. making some kind of uncharacteristic errors in the last section of the course mm-hmm. and then to go and do that and just put it on the line for the long distance was the day after what seemed like a really brutal relay mm-hmm. was fantastic and really bodes well for what's to come maybe in slightly less um not less unique terrain but as in terrain that maybe is you can train more similarly for in the UK. So if you get yeah, yeah. extra experience, more training on that kind of relevant terrain, where is it in two years? Switzerland in two years' time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, kind yeah. of alpine um, pastures. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. The best uh, long result in quite a few years, I think, since maybe 2015. Could be wrong. Yes, when Kat was in the when podium she was on, position. On the podium, yeah. yeah. She was also on the podium, that top um, six position. And that must just, you know, as a member of the GB team yourself, those performances must just, like, especially, you know, the likes of Alice and. and oh, and Alice. Uh, How could I forget Alice? Oh, <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, I'm sorry, Alice. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, so, there's too many. <laughs> repeat what I said. Incredibly well deserved and oh, even more phenomenal. 
yeah that that was that was brilliant to see that was yeah. just so good yeah and across the board I think some's you know small disappointments but you know I'm kind of a mixed bag overall but you know as a member of the of the team of the squad like what confidence does that give you oh massive amounts of confidence yeah so just to see the results that are coming out at the end of the day from the people who um I compete against regularly and after the way that my season went with the results that I was having and the reasons that I was having those, it gives me a lot of confidence going, right, well, if I, if I do X, Y, and Z, I know that I can get an equivalent position to, you know, it, it allows you to see equivalency of where they are compared to where you think you can be. So, yeah, a lot of confidence for me going forward in terms of where I think I can be, where I should have been this year and um, what I can do. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for those guys for putting a bit of a fire up my ass as well that's good i <laughs> love to hear it um i think that's pretty much it for the podcast is there anything else you want to add will no just sorry alice <laughs> to the <fourth> place. <laughs> um no i think it, it it was a really cool world champs the terrain like oh, i'd love to go and race in that sand center and that looked amazing um and the relay was really interesting as well with um, oh, that was chaotic it was good so chaotic so funny maybe we should have a night distance Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. we should. Yeah, people um, have been campaigning for it in the past, you know. Yeah, the irony being that six months ago the organisers did put out a what looked like a, a, a sponsor, an official headlamp sponsor video um, of them joking around with the timing of the relay being between the Tour de France and the football kicking off in the evening, mm -hmm. and um, saying so you might want to wear a headlamp on the relay, and then it happens that they definitely need. Would you to wear would you have packed a head torch? Would you have packed a head torch if you were going? Honestly, would you have packed one? No, no okay. I don't think I would have. Yeah, yeah, because Jonas on co-commentary was like, "Oh yeah, everyone will have a head touch in the bag." No, they won't. No. Definitely no, not. Won't. A, no, definitely not a proper one. Um, maybe like one for going for a walk in the evening, like a small petzel. But no, no way. No, wasn't yeah. even on my radar. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but it's pretty much um, time for the end of this podcast. First of all, uh, a few words from our sponsors, uh, Envy Shoes and Straight Compasses. Will, what, do you, what have you got for us today? Well, um, not about us this week, Catherine, really. Um, given that we've just watched some phenomenal performance in the World Champs, I think we want to call out the, the Envy and Straight athletes uh, across the board, particularly those from the, uh, from the UK and Ralph Street, Grace Malloy, Megcard Davis, Nathan Lawson. We're all there representing, um, but I think particularly you know Casper Foster for that run in the long distance. Imagine he would have been wearing the Forest Ones crazy lights, and I think the go-to shoe for a lot of people in a in a long distance Forest competition. Nice and light, but great grip with a dob underneath. So I think they come out at about oh, somewhere between 190 and 210 grams. So I bet that was the shoe he was using to take what gold. Um, so if that's not a, a great advertisement for a shoe, don't know what is. <laughs> brilliant well yeah that is it um for this episode we will be back in another couple of weeks with another roundup of what's been happening in the orienteering world we will see you then